0: hi 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 how are you doing i am actually quite tired (laughs) my husband was away this weekend in wales at a garden railway festival because those things do exist there's there's something for everyone out there so he was away at the garden railway festival in wales and he was meant to come home on sunday but all of the planes in Jersey pretty much got canceled and grounded and diverted. So he was diverted back because of low visibility. So that was a fun, fun experience. Uh, luckily he got back, uh, just recently this morning, but I felt really bad because I brought I, I bring my dog Poncho to the airport to pick him up, or vice versa. If I'm away traveling, he'll he'll bring Poncho to the airport to to pick me up. And I felt really bad because they the plane was coming in. I was tracking the plane, and obviously it looked like they were landing, even though it it was so super low visibility they were they were trying to land. So I obviously left to go and pick him up, and I was hyping poor poncho up the entire time in the airport to the airport and he was getting really excited and he knew once we pulled into the airport where we were because he's obviously been there before and he kind of twigged oh yay i'm gonna go see this person and this is gonna be great and i felt so bad because i was i was really hyping him up in the car i was like are you ready poncho let's go and Yeah, we got to the airport, and I checked the flight status, and they had tried to land and then went back up again, (laughs) so I felt so bad because then Poncho was looking around everywhere, and I had to just leave the airport, and Poncho was kind of very confused at the whole situation, so poor Poncho was traumatized yesterday, so yeah, he's actually staring at me right now. But anyways, I am actually going to play the question for us today because the person left a voice message for this particular question, and I love this person's accent so much. (laughs) So I am going to go ahead and play the question now. Hi, Nikki. Uh, I love your podcast. Thanks for all the great advice. Um, so I have a question about conducting um, observations uh, or field research. Um, so usually um, the advice is to go out and observe um, your customer or your potential user uh, in their natural environment and uh, in the environment where they're going to be using your product Um, However, I wondered how you go about doing this uh, when the product you're working on is uh, something that people use uh, in their own homes, um, especially if it's something that isn't um, portable. Um, So any advice on this would be amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for this question and for your accent. Huge fan. (laughs) Can't say it enough. I love it. So, I am so happy that you asked this because field research or contextual inquiry or, you know, really going in and observing people within their natural environment is some of the best research that we can do. I think that for a lot of researchers, this approach is one of the favorites because it gives a lot more than just somebody using a product it gives us so much more context of what how that product fits into this person's home their life you know what different parts of the environment are they interacting with when it comes to this particular product are there things that we wouldn't even know if we were to get on a zoom call and talk to them about this right so In-person contextual research, like field studies, are fantastic. And a lot of times as researchers, at least what I struggled with was having this like simulated fake environment. So everything was meant to be real, but felt kind of lab-like. You know, having people come into an office space, asking them to do certain tasks that might not mimic what their real life looks like, and how they're very naturally using the product. So field studies are 100% such an awesome approach. They just, they give you so much more. This is also why I love contextual inquiry, which is slightly different because it's a lot more like observational, whereas, uh, well, I guess contextual inquiry can be a form of field studies, but you can also do field studies where you're doing usability testing or one-on-one interviews. So field studies, I guess, is more of an umbrella term, and there's many approaches that you can take within the context of field studies. But one of the reasons why I love contextual inquiry or just being in person in somebody's natural environment is because you see so much more. You see all of that additional context. I remember once when I was working at a social media platform company, we went into offices and... Just seeing how people interacted with each other, watching people write down things on post-it notes and stick them to their colleagues' desks for them to get later, and like all of these different mechanisms that we would never, ever, ever get from a Zoom call, right? Or even having somebody in to our office because we just, we don't see that. And it can be really hard for people to recall the things that they're, they're maybe not, used to even thinking about when it comes to the context of using a product. And for us as researchers, right, these are unknown unknowns. That's why I think that field studies are so amazing because they uncover unknown unknowns. So how are we supposed to know to ask these things if we know nothing about the environment, right? Like I wasn't going to start asking questions about how she interacted with colleagues, let's say, and if how, how much of a mess that might be and, and all of that, because I just, I simply didn't know that that was a part of her overarching experience. And she just didn't tell me about this because it wasn't relevant in her mind. So we have a lot of unknown unknowns that do come up through these kinds of field studies. Now, specifically looking at field studies where you're going into somebody's home, <laughs> So I have done this before. It depends on your audience. So one thing that I would ask is, is your audience or are your participants comfortable with you actually coming into their homes? Because that is a very viable thing. I have been to people's homes several times, more than several times, but for multiple studies looking at and understanding their environment and asking them questions. So I've actually done in-person at-home interviews. Right. And that was because of the same thing that you are saying within this question of the thing that they're using is at home and it's not necessarily portable. Some of the times that I've done done field studies, it has the stuff has been portable. So for instance, when I was doing some field studies with regards to fashion, I actually went in person to people's houses to look at their closets, right? And like understand how they were thinking about fashion and clothing. That stuff is, I guess, in a way it's portable, in a way somebody could take that experience and maybe bring it into, like in their mind and bring it into a Zoom call, or we could have had a one-on-one interview in person, but there was something so much more rich about seeing that person's particular context and environment that made the field study so worth it, right? So even if the thing, the product, the experience, the whatever is portable, it still might be worth thinking about field studies, right? Because you just get so much more context, you see so much. So the first thing that I would say to you is, can you just go to their homes, right? Is that a thing can you ask them can you give them extra compensation you know can you give them an idea of what to expect and i will say that i i did notice that quite a few people when i did home visits were (laughs) seemed to be tidier maybe than normal uh so so you might have some of that happen where people are tidying up but some one person in particular said uh, when I was doing the, the fashion home visits was like, oh my goodness, it was such a good motivation for me to actually clean up my closet and <laughs> fold things and put things away. And I was like, okay, that wasn't quite the point, but hey, it's okay, we're here now. So you might see that there there might be some changes from a supernatural environment, but it is still much more natural than any other kind of approach. So I would really say, you know, can you just go to these people's homes and have those conversations? It's not something that has never been done before. It's completely acceptable if your participants agree to it and would feel comfortable when it comes to that, it can be hard to not slide into this host-guest kind of play, which is really an interesting dynamic. Like if people offer you water and you're sitting there like, okay, sure, or coffee or tea or what whatnot, it can be a little bit difficult not to get into that dynamic. But there are many things that you can do just in terms of... You know, making sure that you stay as that researcher. So, something that I always do is I never ask for anything. You know, if the person says, Hey, can I get you a glass of water? I will say yes to one. I won't ask for anything else. You know, and I try to always bring it back to the fact that we are here to do research and here to kind of understand this person's context so we will be asking them questions and if they at all feel uncomfortable with sharing anything with us or showing us anything that we can pause and stop that section or come back to it later or whatnot. So I do try and maintain a bit of distance because it can be quite hard when you're coming into something, I guess in a way, super intimate, right? Coming into somebody's house to do research. But it's super viable. It's a super great way to engage with people in that natural environment. So the first thing that I would do is figuring out if you can actually go into their houses and talk to them. One other thing that I will say is please always bring one or two other people. I always usually brought one other person. Never do house visits alone. It's just good practice to never do them alone. You can also ask ahead of time. So I took videos and photographs of people's closets and stuff and their clothes, or there there have been other times where I have taken videos on other home visits just to get the context and the environment and try and translate it back to Teams. I also recorded audio of the conversation, right? So I have all those artifacts, but you would have to ask your participants ahead of time if they feel comfortable with those kinds of things. Now, if we are in a situation in which you can't go to this, these participants' houses for whatever reason, the next thing that I would highly, highly, highly recommend doing is a diary study. Right, so diary studies allow for that more, I guess, remote contextual field study as much as possible. So within within the scope of not being able to go to participants' houses, but you want to mimic the real world or real life scenarios as much as possible, uh, I would I would highly recommend diary studies, and I would recommend them using like video or photographs. It depends on what you're researching in order to capture as much of, of the rich data as you can. So let's take, I'm trying to think of an example. We can go back to the fashion example because I actually did a diary study on, on fashion as well. So let's take outfits, you know, fashion inspiration and outfits that people are putting together, right? So This was something that we could have done potentially in person at people's homes but you could also do it as a diary study. So asking people when they're putting an outfit together to record themselves putting the outfit together and why they chose that outfit, right? Taking photos of the outfits, if they're scrolling on Instagram or anywhere else for fashion inspiration, having them record their screen, having them, again, take screenshots and explain what they're looking for, why they're looking for it, you know, coming up with activities that it's a bit hard because you want to toe the line between real life and that kind of task-oriented do this now so that we can get this information, right? So you would have to come up with activities that felt really natural for them to be doing and mimicked their real life experience of the product. So I'm trying to think of another product. Let's, Let's say that we're working at a gym Right, and we're we're actually no, we're not working at a gym. We're working at a gym equipment company, and it's for home workouts primarily. Right, so we want to understand how people are using workout equipment at home. And again, we could have gone to people's homes and understood that right in that context. But let's say we can't do that for whatever reason. Then again, I would go back to that diary study and asking people to explain. Okay, when you go to work out in the morning or afternoon or evening, whenever. I just always say morning because that's generally when I work out. So if I were to do a diary study, I would be like, when you go to work out at home, can you document it? So tell me what you're doing, record a video of the equipment that you're using, why you're using it, et cetera, et cetera. And then what you could do is you could force them down. I know that that word sounds bad, but I, for lack of a better word, you could force them down some tasks. So let's say we wanted to understand how people bought new gym equipment. You know, we could have them go on to a particular website and show us how they would like filter down for what they needed. So you can force people into tasks that they might not normally do in the time setting that you're running this diary study if you need that information. But generally speaking, what you do with this diary study is you ask them to document their usage of the product on a natural basis, as natural as you can. So, hey, whenever you use x product give me this video or this photograph or type type what you were doing you know there you can use text audio you can use video there are plenty of ways that you can use this this diary study approach in this context the only problem that kind of comes in is if you're working with a product that is at home not portable that people very rarely use <laughs> right which i'm i'm trying to think of what that might potentially be which i can't off the top of my head i'm just thinking printers because <laughs> we we don't even have a printer but i know that we would very rarely use it these days um but yeah i i can't think of a product 100% off the top of my head that's not really at, at home that people don't use often but that's where you get a little bit of a tough time. If you're trying to record data on this product and how people use it and get that real life experience, but they just don't use it that often because usually diary studies are over, you know, they can be over a week period. They could be over a two week period. They could be a month, but longitudinally speaking, it can be hard to keep people engaged in a study for that long. So if you're dealing with a product that's at home, you can't go to the to that person's home. It's not a product that you can necessarily use a diary study for because the usage just is so sporadic that people, you know, you'd be asking them to, to tell you when they use it and it would be for one month, you know, they might use it once and then it would be three more months until they use it again. If that's the case, then I would kind of come back and say, okay, what information do we actually need? Because we're not going to get it through a diary study. We probably, if we can't go in person, we won't get it through field studies if we can't go to this person's house. Then I would do one of of two things. I would either try and create the product or have that product and bring it into an office setting and have people come in. So have participants come in and interact with that product, almost like a prototype in your office setting, that might not be applicable depending on how personalized or customized the product has to be, but that's one option. The second option is doing it remotely, right? So getting on Zoom with them, having them show you what's happening. So they, it would have to be kind of probably a bit of a technical person who's on something like a phone where they can move their screen around and show you what's happening or a laptop again where they can move their screen around and show you what's happening or you ask them to have somebody you know uh record record them doing that or holding holding the phone while they or laptop while they show you what they're doing right so it's almost like a very janky walk the store where they're showing you remotely how they use the product. In that sense, I I would almost – I'm like trying to decide if I would do like kind of like a diary study instead at that point, but probably not because if you do, if you were to do that, you know, like show us what you're doing and actually walk through using the product live on a Zoom call, at least then you could follow up in depth. So – that's kind of the trajectory we've gone from (laughs) the, the simplest, which is go to these people's homes and talk to them to the most complex and complicated, which is hop on a zoom call, have them show you what they're doing in real time as, as you ask them follow up questions and that's them either holding up their phone and showing it to you as they're using it or having them ask somebody else to record that. And, or like be live with you there. So almost like you have a videographer uh, participant as well, which is actually quite complex. So, and then all, all of the things in between, right? So just having somebody come in, having a product and having somebody come into your office to mess around with that kind of prototype, or doing something like a diary study those are the options that i would give you if if i were in that position and what i would say is when you're trying to decide these things make sure you're really thinking about your goals and the information that you truly need to make whatever decisions you're trying to make because we don't want to make this so unnecessarily complex like i think it would be really interesting to get somebody you know on their phone like selfie you know, talking to you, showing you how they're using the product in that particular moment. Again, I don't know if this is even possible given the product, given the person, who knows. And then being, you being able to ask follow-up questions, it's almost like a remote field. That's like as close to remote field study that you could probably get, but that does take a lot from your participant. It's asking a lot of your participants, right? And I think that that's super cool. But one, you might not be able to find anybody who can do that. Two, it might just not be feasible because of the because of the actual product, because of your participants, or it might just come off where it's really hard for people to do that and then you don't get great data, right? So make sure that you're really understanding what is, what is it that you need to understand about the experience people are having with this product. Like what are the bare bones in this situation? And then using that coming up with the the most simple approach that you can because I'm all for like cool approaches. I love cool approaches, but it's not necessarily the best to do really complex stuff because the data can get really messed up. So if I were in your shoes, I would either try and get into these people's homes not breaking into them, <laughs> try and get permission to go into these people's homes, or I would do some sort of diary study. And again, that's that's with the assumption that the product usage would be relevant for a diary study. So I hope that that was helpful. I hope that that also might maybe help some other people who are grappling with these kinds of decisions. There are always ways to get around certain things (laughs) and certain restrictions and constraints and problems one thing one more thing that i would say is if you need to narrow the scope for right now to get what you need to get done that's fine as you figure out a better way to approach this in the future so asking your kind of stakeholders if you're really struggling with this like what what is what are the top like two things that we need to know right now and making sure you get that answered as you come up with a better way to approach this general study right but yeah I I certainly hope that that was helpful. Thank you so much for asking. I am super excited for future questions, more questions that come in. So please don't ever forget to submit. If you have one, there is no question too small, no question too big, for the most part. (laughs) I try and answer all of them, even the big ones. So make sure to definitely reach out to me. If you have one, you don't need to leave a voice message anymore, you can also email me. Uh, a question as well. So yeah, thank you so much. I hope you all have a fantastic day or evening or morning or whatever it is ahead. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Bye. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and submit your next question. And I look forward to talking to you all soon. Bye.